days. It would not happen again. He had spoken for more than ninety minutes without notes, and his throat was dry, but not as dry as it had been when he had gone forward, day after day, and in darkness. An apple tree with its few old fruits might have saved his life, and there was a water bucket put out for a donkey, and some mouldy bread that a shepherd might have dropped. He thought the Major's was a smart-ass question, and irrelevant to the purpose of the occasion, survival, and answered it quietly. No. The questioner persisted. Did you not feel an obligation to help them? No. The chair intervened, was firm. I'll take one more. He had been heard in near silence, respect seeping around the small theatre. He had told them in detail of the value of the training course at the fort, and of the importance of all they had taught him there. He had done resistance to interrogation, and after escape he had done evasion. On his stomach or on one leg, crossing difficult terrain, and nine more days of it, seldom eating and drinking even more rarely, and the daytime heat burning and blistering his facial skin, and the cold of the night, and always the pain and the thirst and the hunger. The light behind him shone into their faces, and he could read the expressions. None of them rolled eyebrows as if to suggest he was glorifying excessively the ordeal he had been through. It had been a long time ago, and he reckoned he'd moved on. A young woman's question. She might have been aircrew and skilled in contour flying to insert or extract special forces from a valley or a mountain in Iraq or Afghanistan, or from Syria. She had on a shapeless cardigan and a floral skirt, no makeup, and her fair hair was pulled severely back. She would need more than his help if she was ever captured where he had been. They'd have raped her till she was damaged internally on her way to death. A release of sorts. Were you able to bond to any degree with the men holding you? Could you exploit anything from a relationship? No, I was well served by the paperclip dropped in a corner, and the fact that those guarding me were bored with the work, happy they would be selling us on in the next few hours, and had grown careless and left exits unlocked. Circumstances conspired to give me luck. He had said nothing of the girl he had lodged in his mind, and of her face being there, and her voice when the tiredness seemed about to pitch him over, and he had not mentioned the role played by the clean skin to whom he had given the code name of Belcher. Without Belcher, it would not have been possible to get clear of the building. Without the girl, he could not have traversed the barren territory, day after day and night after night, until reaching the border. The last act of endurance had been to crawl into a fence of coiled razor wire. It had slashed his face and arms and chest, and the clothes on his back had been ripped. A Turkish military patrol had extricated him. Jericho had appeared the next day from Ankara, courtesy of a chartered jet, had greeted him in a curtained-off area of a casualty ward. Well, my lad, there's not many of us expected to clap eyes on you again. A surprise, but a welcome one. Afraid most of us had given up on you. Dead and buried and all that stuff. 
He had taken him, still in a hospital gown, to the aircraft waiting on the strip at Gaziantep. On the way, Corrie had talked about Belcher. Jericho had driven abominably and had written in a notepad when he should have been steering. Corrie gave the name and the background and what he knew of the life history and why he'd fastened on the name Belcher and the number he'd offered his helper. He'd thought that most likely Belcher was already dead, killed in the security cull that would have followed his escape, with the certainty of night following day. And then he had passed out. It might have been the tiredness, and might have been the morphine pumped into him, and an RAF flight had shipped him back to Northolt. His girl and Belcher were nothing to do with this theatre. He finished. A voice murmured in the young woman's ear, A hard little shit. That's what you'd have to be to live.